Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. I was praying about just, I, 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 like to, I like to take time to pray about months in advance and the Lord spoke to me. Come on, come on a little closer. Come right here. The Lord spoke to me and he says, Jeannie's got a word for us on, on January 22nd. So I asked her to bring a word for us today and I'm so excited. It is going to bless your life. I know what she's going to talk about and it's going to be good. One more time, will you put your hands together for Jeannie? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I want to welcome everyone in the building. You may have a seat. And I want to thank Pastor Devon and Stacy for the trust and the privilege to bring forth the Word of God. I obviously want to thank God for filling my mouth with His words. I don't take this lightly. I take it very serious. Um, I know that I have to have the anointing of God. I have to have the favor of God to bring forth the Word so that it comes out accurately. I want to thank... Um, everyone that's watching the broadcast and welcome them those that are watching online those that will watch the replay we are so thankful that everyone is here to receive the word today and so we're going to pray and then we're going to get right into the word of god father we come before you in the name of jesus and lord we love you we honor you today we thank you lord that you have us right where you want us to be and lord we thank you right now that we sit in your presence and we receive the words that you have for us today. Father, your words and not mine, I thank you, Lord, that people's eyes will be open to see revelation today, that their ears will be open to receive, their hearts will be open to receive, Lord, that it is good ground, that this word, this seed will take root and bear fruit. I thank you, Father, that the enemy will get no glory today. He will not steal this word in the name of Jesus. There will be no distractions. There will be no hindrances that people will receive the word and the anointing that will come forth today. We thank you for this, Lord. I thank you also, Father, that same anointing is going through the broadcast, that, Father, the airways, that, Father, we just clean it with the blood of Jesus, that Satan, he may be the prince of the air, but he won't affect the air that's going forth today. We thank you that people are going to receive the same anointing. They're going to receive the same glory that we have here in the sanctuary today. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so today, I am going to be teaching on the book of Esther. And obviously, I'm not going to read the book of Esther to you. I will paraphrase, and I encourage you to go home and go back through the book of Esther because it's going to bless you. And this word is obviously for the adults in here, but teenagers, I see you in here today. And this word is also for you. The book of Esther is so amazing because Esther was a young Jewish girl, and um, it brings me back to thinking of Jeremiah. When God called Jeremiah, he said that he was too young. You're not too young to start living for the Lord. You're not too old to start living for the Lord. You have a purpose, and each and every one of us here today, we're here no matter what the, what the world threw at us this week. I had heard multiple stories of things that happened this week that you could have stayed home. You could have stayed in the bed 
um, Sierra, I mean, that story is amazing, but she's here. She's here to honor God. She's here to say, God, I thank you. You protected my life. You gave me another day. I woke up with breath in my lungs today. And that's honoring and giving God glory. And so you could be anywhere today, but you're here. And you're here for a purpose and a reason. And those that are watching the broadcast and those that will turn it on Even years from now, to hear the broadcast, it's not a mistake. When you're following God, it's not a mistake that you're here. And so I really want that to resonate with the the teenagers in here today, that you're not here because your mom or your dad or whoever brought you. You're here because God brought you here. And he has a word for you, and you just have to receive it. And so we're going to open our Bibles to our foundational scripture that Pastor has been teaching on for this year, and it's Ephesians 2, 7, and I'm going to read it in the New King James, and it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace or favor in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And now let's take a look at it in the Passion. It says, throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness, which he has showered upon us in Christ Jesus. So we know that God gave pastor a word for this year, that we would be a visible display of his favor. When we did the confession of favor, it went through all of the things that God spoke to pastor and put on his heart that we would have this year. Some of those things that I want you to remember them or jot them down as we go through the book of Esther, because I want it to relate to you. I don't want you to listen to the things in the Bible and think, oh, that was Esther, that was Moses, that was Jesus. I want you to put yourself in those shoes. And so today when we go through that, I want you to see these things operating in your life. It says a visible display, honor and respect, um, preferential treatment, recognition, restoration, increased assets, petitions granted, policies and procedures changed, and that God will fight our battles that we don't even have to fight. So I want you to remember those things as we go through Esther, and when we see it play out in Esther's life, I want you to put yourself in those shoes. And so I also want to look at the same um, scripture, Ephesians 2, 7, and I want to look at it in the message translation. It says, now God has us where he wants us. We are not a mistake. Our steps are ordered of the Lord He has us right where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. God orders your steps, and he delights in the details of your life. Sierra, God delights in the details of your life. He knew exactly where you were going to be. He knew exactly where the angels needed to be that moment, that second. And that's why when we we talk about I'm always in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing, it's because my steps are ordered of the Lord. Your steps are ordered of the Lord when you are spending time in his presence and you are allowing him to lead you. And I'm going to just give you a preview of the backstory of Esther because Esther was right where God wanted her to be. So this is a young Jewish girl. And we have a king and a queen. And so I'm going to paraphrase some of this. So the king has this huge party, and he's in great spirits, and he wants to show off his beautiful queen. 
But there was a problem. The queen said, no, I'm not coming out here and prancing around in front of your friends. Ultimately, he, she disrespected the king, and you don't do that. And so then she is banished. The crown is taken. She is no longer queen, but the king is lonely. He says, I want a queen. And so his wise advisors come together and say, okay, we're going to go through the land, and we are going to get all the beautiful young ladies, and we're going to bring um, them to the palace. And so in that moment, Mordecai, we're going to use his name so that you have, if you haven't read Esther, Mordecai is Esther's cousin, a much older cousin. And Esther's parents are believed to have died. Whatever the case is, Mordecai has now adopted her. So Esther is kind of like a daughter to Mordecai. And so now... They're going through the land. They're having all these young ladies come to the palace. And there is a whole group of them. But I want you to look at what Esther 2.9 states. These will be in the New Living Translation. It says that Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments He also assigned her seven maids, especially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. So here we see that Esther has preferential treatment. There are, I I don't know how many ladies are there, but she is receiving special treatment. She gets pulled aside and gets a special menu, a special diet, special beauty treatments. And she then is given seven maids and moved to the best place in this part of the palace. That was God's favor. It's funny because uh, Desmond knew that I've been studying Esther, and so he got his Bible out and he opened it, and it was really funny because I was like, that's wrong. (laughs) It was the children's Bible. And it was really funny because it said, and Esther... Um, saved her people because she was really pretty. And I thought, okay. I said, Desmond, Esther didn't save her people because she was really pretty. She saved her people because she had the favor of God on her. It is not our outward appearances. It is not our degrees and all the letters behind our name. It's not our gift and ability to speak in front of people. It is the favor of God. And if you don't have the favor of God, you better move over. Because it's going to be turmoil. It's going to be toil. Right? That's what happened in the Garden of Eden when God said, Now, Adam, you are going to work the land. It is going to be toil. That's part of the curse. But when you are in the blessing of God and you're walking in the favor of God, there's an ease. There's a grace. And it's not how we look and it's not how we sound and it's not what we have. It's the favor of God in our life. And so here we see this with Esther. Now, why does she have the favor of God? Because God is setting her up for right where she needs to be. And so now let's look in chapter 2 at verse 17. It says the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. He also, he was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and declared her to be queen. So here we see that she's getting the special treatment. 
She is now accepted by the king. She is getting recognition. She is getting promotion. And I am sure all those other ladies, because the ladies in this room know, I think men may struggle with this, but I think women probably have more of an issue. I bet every single one of them women were like, that's not fair. Why her? Why her? She's just a young Jewish girl. Why her? Why does she get to do that? <laughs> exactly. What's special about her? And Pastor said this a few weeks ago. He said most of the time when somebody is called to do something spectacular, it's usually ordinary people. There's nothing super special about them, but it's their heart. So I look back, and when God said, I am rejecting Saul, King Saul, and he told Samuel, he said, I want you to go to this man in Bethlehem, and his name is Jesse, and he has some sons, and I want you to go, and I want you to anoint me a new king. Well, he goes to Jesse, and Jesse brings out all his sons. I think there were seven. And he looks at all of them. I mean, they looked like warriors. They had the best looks, the muscles. Um, They were confident. And every single time, God said, not that one, not that one, not that one. And isn't it interesting that David's own dad did not even consider him? There's seven other sons. He didn't even consider the youngest. And Samuel goes, is these all of your sons? And And Jesse goes, well, there's one more, and he's out in the field with the sheep. And so he says, call him. And so David comes on the scene, and God said, that's the one that will be king. I want you to anoint him. And then he corrected Samuel and said, the world or people, they look at outward appearances, but I look at the heart. And so when pastor says favor ain't fair, and we we laugh, we think it's funny, and it's so true. Favor is not fair because God is looking at the heart. And what is important is even though favor is not fair, it's available. So those that are saying it's not fair, it's available to them. Get into the word of God. Get into the presence of God. Spend time with him. Open your heart to him, and you will walk in the same exact favor. The same exact favor that Jesus walked in. And religious people would say, that is blasphemy. But God the Father said, you're going to do greater works. I want you to grow in stature and favor. And so here, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing that Esther is being promoted. She's getting recognized. And comparison starts, and comparison is a thief of joy. And I am really in a season with a teenage daughter now where I am teaching her comparison is a thief of joy. Teenagers, when you are on social media, stop comparing because it's going to steal your joy. And, when you're, and, and for adults, too, because we are all guilty of it. It's not just teenagers. When you allow the enemy to compare you and say, well, why am I not further alone? Why do they have this? Why has this not happened to me? Why have I not got this prayer answered yet? It steals your joy, and the enemy loves it because he knows if he steals your joy, he's going to weaken you. And when you are weak, you are discouraged. You are depressed. You are not going to do what God has called you to do when you are down and weary. That's why Jesus said, hey, if you are weary and cast down, come to me. 
Come to me. Be in my presence. When we are coming to Jesus, we're coming to the word. That is what he's telling us. Do not compare yourself. So I'm sure all of these ladies were comparing themselves to Esther. And now, while this is happening, there is an evil plot and plan that is taking place. So no one knows that Esther is Jewish at this point. The king does not know that she's Jewish. And Haman is this prideful, I guess, second-hand man to the king. And he... Allow, he convinced the king to put into a law, a policy, a procedure that when Haman came on the scene, you were to bow down to him. Well, Mordecai says, I'm not bowing down to him. And we think about things in the world now that they're saying, you have to accept this. Well, I'm not accepting it. I'm not rude and I'm not trying to judge you. But if the word of God says it's not right, it's not right. I don't care how much talking you do to convince me if the word of God says it's wrong it's wrong and so that's how Mordecai he said I'm not bowing down to you so of course that embarrassed Haman it angered him and so he was able to convince the king to put a decree in place that on a certain day within the coming year it would be a day of just annihilation they were going to wipe out the Jewish um, the Jewish race and so Mordecai obviously is grieved and he's mourned and he's tearing his clothes and he sends, or Esther sends a message to him saying, what's wrong? What's going on? And so they're starting to converse back and forth and he tells Esther of this horrible plan. And in that moment, God has placed Esther right where he wants her. She's already seen the favor of God starting to take place in her life. But in that moment, she tells Mordecai all the reasons why she can't go before the king. We do the same thing. We see God work in our life. We see answered prayer. And then God tells us to do something. But I can't. I don't don't want to do it. I can't pronounce every word in the Bible. I can't pronounce these names and these places. I don't want to speak in front of people. They're going to think this of me. Or... I don't want to try out for the the cheerleading team if I feel like I'm supposed to because I have no skill. But if God's calling you to do whatever it is, whether you think it's small, whether you think it's big, if God's calling you to do it, he's equipping you to do it. He's given you the tools. He's given you the strategies. He's calling you to do it. You have to obey. And so in Esther 4, 11, it says, this is Esther. It says, all the king's officials and even the people in the providences know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. So Esther could just not just knock on the door and go in. She had to be summoned to come to the king. And so here Esther is saying, I can't do it. It's a life or death situation. And I love Mordecai's confidence and his faith. This is faith talking. Mordecai says in verse 13 and 14, it says, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you are in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet... At a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. I want to stop there because that's faith speaking. Mordecai is saying, look, 
you're not going to be safe either. But you know what? I believe God so much that even if you don't step up and have the confidence to go before the king, he will rise somebody else up to help us. It's the same thing with the Hebrew children, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're standing before a literal fire. They're going to be thrown in. They just watched somebody get burned up who was trying to turn the heat up, and he went into flames. And they were confident enough in God to say, if you throw me in this fire, even if I burn up, I'm still not going to bow to you. Can we get there? Youth, can you get there? When things in your school are changing, you are not living like your mom, your dad, or whoever years ago. Things are changing. But do you have the confidence to stand up and say what is right? What is wrong? Or are you going to go with the flow? Well, here, Mordecai, is, he is speaking faith out to Esther. And he says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. We go on to say, uh, but you and your relatives will die. And who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. This is a moment of truth. This is a decision time. And I'm going to leave us right there to go to Exodus. And we're going to look at Exodus 10, 31 through, uh, not 31, I'm sorry, Exodus 10, 21 through 23. We are talking about us being a visible display this year. God is setting Esther up to be a visible display. I want you to remember what God has done before, he is going to do again. So Satan cannot create He only continues that cycle of doing the same thing over and over, and he just gives it another name. So that's why when we read these accounts, it's not just a historical account. It is a memorial for each one of us to remember because you're going to encounter something in your life. And you need to know, hey, this is what happened before. God will do it for me. And so we pick up in Exodus 10, 21. This is during um, all the plagues. And it says, then the Lord said to Moses, lift your hand towards heaven. He's telling Moses to do something. And the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick you can feel it. I don't know about you, but I have never, I've never been in darkness where I could feel that thickness. And we're talking about, we're talking about a physical darkness. He's not talking about spiritual darkness. He is talking about a physical darkness. And so in verse um, 22, it says, Moses lifted his hand to the sky. Moses chose to obey. He didn't have to do what God told him to do. Esther didn't have to do what God called her to do. You don't have to do what God has called you to do. You get a choice. But Moses lifted his hand to the sky, and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt. For three days... And during all that time, the people could not see each other, and no one moved. This is a darkness across the land of Egypt that the people can feel the weight of it. They can't see each other, and they're not even moving for three days. But there was light as usual where the people of Israel lived. There was darkness in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. There was a distinction. There was a distinction. There was a distinction in Esther's life. There's a distinction in your life. They should be. You are called by God. You are God's people. 
There should be a difference between the world. And so we go back to that moment where Mordecai speaks to Esther and he says, Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this? Why was Esther made queen? Was it because she just needed a pretty crown on her head and an eloquent dress and beautiful jewelry and she could prance around the palace and be famous with no purpose? No, there was no re- there's no reason. It's the same thing today when we talk about that ungodly desire, that prideful desire just to be famous with no purpose at all. This will not be on the screen um, because I, the Lord gave this to me later on. As we read through our daily reading, I went back and was like, I remember something that the Lord had spoke to me. And it's, you can jot it down. It's in Genesis 11, 4. And it's um, the Tower of Babel. And if you read it in the New Living Translation, it's very interesting because it says, the people said, let us, so think about the verbiage, let us. Build us a city for ourselves, and we're going to build a tower to make ourselves famous. And when I seen that word, I thought, wow, that's so amazing how the Holy Spirit just speaks through um, this congregation, through the pastor. And I thought, wow. And in that moment, we say, okay, well, was that godly? Was that ungodly? Well, the outcome was God came down and scattered them. And said, you're not building the tower. <laughs> and he gave them different languages. He scattered them. Why do you want to be famous? How about have impact? How about have influence? How about have purpose? And say, I know God is calling me to do this. And if you don't know what God has called you to do, then get in the word. And he will reveal it to you. And then when he reveals it to you, you do it. With everything you have in you, you don't let the enemy stop you. And so... We're going to go back to Esther, and she answers Mordecai in chapter 4, verse 16. This is Esther speaking back to Mordecai. She said, Go and gather together all the Jews and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law... I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. Esther had a spiritual maturity to know when to wait on God. She knew to fast and wait for the direction of God, and then she knew when to move. In that moment, favor was not an accessory. It was a definite necessity. That crown on her head, that was an accessory, was not going to help her when she went to the king. He could have cared less. That jewelry on her, her good looks, <laughs> was not going to help her. Okay, because he had a whole, because he didn't send those girls back home, if you read through history. Those girls were still there in that palace. So if she was gone, he could have just picked another one. So her good looks did not save the people. It was the favor of God that was a necessity. She knew if I go before the king, I could either live or die. But what is so important is that Esther knew that it didn't stop with her. It was a necessity because it was a life or death situation for an entire nation. 
for the whole Jewish race. It was life or death that either she's accepted or she's denied, and if it stops with her, there it is. The, the ushering in of our Savior, Jesus, a Jew, the Messiah, the enemy wanted to stop it, but God had Esther right where he wanted her. He was causing her to be a visible display. And it's so important to remember that, that favor is not an accessory. It is a necessity in your life. Sierra had to have the favor of God this week. There's another story that was told to me where Don and Ruthie, they had to have the favor of God this week. You, I don't know what you've went through this week, but I'm pretty sure you had to have the favor of God. And I don't know what battles you're going to have this week or this month, but you have to have the favor of God. It is not just you, your good looks, your degree. It is the favor of God working in your life. And as I was praying, I am not one that journals. That's just not me. But when I do pray, if I feel like God speaks something to me, I do write that down and date it. And... Before the new year, in December, God spoke to me. Before we had received this word of favor, and he said, my people. Now, when he says my people, my ears perk up because I know he's not talking about the world. He's talking about people that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. My people are malnourished. Now, we are a spirit, right? We are a spirit made in the image of God, and we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. We live in our body. He is not talking about that our body is malnourished. He is talking about our spirits are malnourished. He said, my people are malnourished. They want everything the word can get them, accessories, but not the word itself. It's not wrong to seek a healing in your body, but we need to know the healer. It's not wrong to seek provision for our needs to be met, for our wants and desires. But we need to know the provider. We need to know the source. And the favor of God sets us up for that. And that's why when we say favor ain't fair, it's available. It's available to you. And so now as we get closer towards the end of the story, I want to look at um, Esther 5.2. And this is the moment where I cannot imagine what Esther was feeling in her body, what she was thinking, because now she, she is going before the king. And it says that the king, when he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her. That's the favor of God. That is the favor of God. He welcomed her, and he held out the gold scepter to her. And so, Mos- uh, so Esther approached and touched the end of it. And also, we know that Esther actually approached him a second time, too. Because when she went to him and said, I want to have a meeting with you, they had a meeting with Haman, and then later on, they had a second dinner. That is the favor of God. And in that moment, policies and procedures changed. Like that. When Jesus steps on the scene... And the favor of God is activated. Policies and procedures change. Laws can change. We've seen that. Um, And right here, we see it. Esther feared God more than men. And in that moment, she had influence and impact. She is a young Jewish girl, and she went before a king. He changed his policies for her. 
He told her, what do you want, Esther? I'll give you anything. That's influence and impact. That's pastor told the story a few weeks ago um, of a gentleman who decided to make a life um, decision of marrying someone. And the wife said, it was because you had influence on him. We will never know sometimes how much influence we have on somebody. But we have to know that when we walk in the favor of God, we are having influence and impact in our life. In your workplaces, in your relationships, in your school. So here we see policies and procedures are changed. Petitions are granted. Petitions were granted because the king says, Esther, what do you want? And that is when she revealed the horrible plan that Haman had made. She revealed that she was Jewish. And so at that point, another policy, a law, was changed again. He put into motion, okay, on that day, when this decree comes into play, I'm going to allow the Jewish people to defend themselves. And so we're going to pick up at Esther 9-1. And it says, so on March the 7th, the two decrees of the king were put into effect. On that day... The enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but quite the opposite happened. It was the Jews who overpowered their enemies. Battles were won with God's favor. What the enemy meant for harm, God stepped on the scene, and he fought that battle, and they won. And so as I prepare to close, I want you to take all of those things that we looked at in Esther and I want you to apply it to your life. You may have already started seeing these things taking place. You could receive them by faith. That this year, you are going to be a visible display. You are going to walk in the favor of God this year. And I want to leave you with this from what God spoke to me is don't allow yourselves to be malnourished. Don't let that word be about you. Spend time with the word. It says that the word dwelt among us, that the word was flesh, and the word was Jesus. When we're spending time in the word, that bread of life, we are spending time with Jesus. It is feeding our spirit, man. It is strengthening us. And when we are spending time in the word of God, we are feeding our spirit and building our faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, hearing it over and over and over. You don't eat a physical meal and then hopefully go a whole nother week before you eat. You eat multiple times a day. It's the same spiritually. You feed upon the word of God. You sit at the feet of Jesus. When you open your Bible, picture yourself sitting at the feet of Jesus just like Mary did. Martha was busy, not with bad things. It wasn't bad things. She was wanting to be a good host. She wanted to cook and make sure she was able to serve. That's not bad. But in that moment, it was a distraction. So we have to evaluate things that we're doing throughout the week. Is this what I need to be doing right now? Or is this a distraction? And we sit at the feet of Jesus. And when we sit at the feet of Jesus, our faith grows and the favor of God is being poured out upon our life. And we start receiving freedom. Freedom from bondages in our life. We all have areas that we need freedom.
We need restoration. And we get that by spending time with Jesus. And when you are spending time with Jesus and you're receiving that favor, you are going to fulfill the call that God has on your life. You're going to walk out and you're going to have influence and you're going to have impact. And that is how you will experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.